tuning in to episode number one of 2021. I'm Lance McCullers Jr. And I'm Carlos Correa, brother. This is our first episode of 2021. I can't wait to break it all out, man. It's going to be a great year for the ESC, a great year for the Walk Up Podcast, and I can't wait, brother. I'm excited. Yes, our uh, we were supposed to be together, but unfortunately, I have been... Uh, a direct exposure to an unfortunate uh, COVID-19 positive. So I am um, isolated away from Carlos at the moment. It's very sad, sad time. We're supposed to get together, uh, you know, have our brunch. We're supposed to get together for our episode today, um, but it's just not happening. So we're, we're one more episode, uh, hopefully, only one more episode, um, not together, but, uh, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, 2021, I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but it's not getting off to a great start, but don't worry. The walkout podcast is here to make it better. So we got a lot to talk about today, a lot to talk about today. And, um, like Carlos said, man, like Carlos said, it's going to be a huge year for the UFC. Bro. I haven't seen you since the last time we recorded. When was that? Like it hasn't. It's ago? been like three weeks. That's probably the longest um, in our in our nine year relationship. We've never seen each other. Jesus Christ, brother! I miss you. I miss hanging out your house, drink coffee, podcasts, all the great fights that we are we're getting in twenty twenty one, brother. Man, it's been it's been weird, bro, with this COVID stuff, man. I hope you're fine. You know, obviously you were not too close to to the guy that was. Uh, uh, you know, exposed to COVID, but still, man, I need to hang out with my guy. I know it's a good reminder for everyone listening out there that we're still dealing with it. So, so be safe. I got two tests, to, uh, two tests to pass and the day's coming. And if I pass those tests, I will not be leaving my house or letting anyone in unless his name is Carlos Correa. So I think we should jump right in, man. We got a, <laughs> we got a lot of to talk about today. So you ready to go? Any number one? Ready, baby. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Any number one coming at you right now. Welcome into the first inning of the Walkout Podcast in 2021. And of course, we're going to talk about none other than Mystic Mac himself. Uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier is coming in hot. It will be the third fight. Uh, you know, main event, uh, third card that we see this year. But with the anticipation, brother, I just I had to break it out first, man. You, we, I just cannot wait to see Conor back. I mean, it would not be the walkout podcast if we don't talk about Conor McGregor, right? So, you know, Conor... The good or bad. We started, yeah, good or bad. It don't matter. The reason why we're starting with Conor is because he tweeted. He said, I promise a masterpiece. Conor promises you something, you know, Mystic Mac is back and he's going to deliver. On the other hand, Poirier tweeted something about that too. And yep. said, don't worry, the underdog is here. Have no I mean, fear, the underdog is here. I mean, Dustin Poirier is the guy that has been an underdog his entire life. He's been able to find a way to get a title shot against Habib. And now this great matchup against Connor. This is the guy that's elite, that's 10 and 2 since they met last time. So this is no easy fight for Connor. But when Connor promises you something, better look out. I mean, uh, you know, if, 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 this is the way to start the year. If we can get a Conor McGregor win, it will project the UFC into 
uh, a media frenzy right out of the gate. And if Poirier wins, we've mentioned it multiple times, it'll be one of the, of the true, you know, big blue bloods in the UFC, um, you know, continuing to just make his, you know, make his claim and, and show how great he is, man. So this is going to be a different fight than the first fight. I don't know if you've watched it recently. I haven't watched it as of too recent. I kind of remember the the hairstyle Connor had. I remember the, the face off and the, the come get some, but, um, when I did rewatch that fight, I, I really realized and noticed how much the, you know, the back and forth mess with Poirier leading up to that fight and how he was really kind of very emotional in that first round and gave Connor so many, basically free chances to, you know, to capitalize and to, to really take advantage of, of those moments. So how do you see this fight? We're not going to get too much into it, but, um, with, with the, the years difference, with the life difference and Poirier being 10 and two, having been the intern champ and tasting that gold, how do you, how do you think this, you know, leading up to this fight will play out? Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at that last fight that they had, you know, Poirier had his moment, he landed his leg kicks, he landed his punches, he even, uh, he chipped one of Connor's tooth. Um, but Connor, man, when he lands that left hand, it's night night, man, especially at 145. Nobody can compete with that monster. Um, you know, I got to tell you, though, watching that UFC promo video that Dana White posted, it almost makes you want to root for Poirier. You know what I mean? Because the way they, they portrayed it, it was like, you know, Poirier has had this long career and he's never been able to be the undisputed champion at anything in the UFC. But his career has been so brilliant. The guy's so great. He does so much good stuff off uh, outside of the octagon that it almost makes you want to root for him. But then on the other side, you got Mystic Mac. And you know what's good, good for business? The red panty knife for Poirier is good for business. But we need, we, need, we, we, need, we need that great performance out there by the Mystic Mac for us to be like, oh, he's back. Because that performance is Cowboy. You know, no disrespect to Cowboy, but it's what we expected. It was, uh, it's what we expected. But now with Poirier, now with Poirier, if he can finish Poirier, it's like two rounds. Connor is back. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, Poirier is coming off of wins uh, against Hooker. Obviously, we talked about that fight a lot as, um, you know, fight of the year candidate. He has a win over, you know, um, Justin Gaethje um, recently. So, you know, Poirier has always been, you know, one of the guys to go in there and, and, and just let it all hang out and has come out with, you know, victories more than not and a lot of classic uh, performances by him. So we've said it before. If Connor wins, you know, we'll be jumping to the, you know, we'll be jumping to the heavens. We'll be super excited. Mystic Mac is back. But if Poirier wins, you know, the walkout podcast will maybe be a little bit somber, but, but also happy at the same time. Um, you know, not to mention when Poirier fought Connor back, you know, years ago, do you know that he was the, uh, he had the most featherweight finishes in UFC history. Mm-hmm. Think about how much the UFC has changed in just a couple of years. Um, and you know, this fight is, is huge for the 155 division, especially with the, with the looming, you know, Habib retirement and um, other fights that have been announced that we will touch on. This is the fight to get the year, um, you know, kicked off right for, for the UFC's uh, talented division. It's a perfect pay-per-view to start the year. You get oh, yeah. McGregor against an elite, elite competitor in Dustin Poirier. I mean, this might be the biggest uh, pay-per-view of the year. And it's just, a it'll be the biggest. I mean, this this will be well. If well, Connor fights, well, Connor's gonna fight some Gaethje or yeah. Gaethje, yeah. Then, yeah. but so far it's painting like it's gonna be the highest pay per view uh, when it comes down to uh, buys. I mean, it's insane, brother. I can't wait. 
Yeah, that fight is about uh, give or take 17, 18 days away. So counting down, um, I'm looking forward to it more than I was looking forward to Christmas. So that fight will be coming soon and we will definitely be getting, um, you know, deeper into this fight as it gets closer. Let me tell you how the Conor McGregor effect. I got like six people that know (laughs) nothing asking me, hey, Conor is fighting soon, right? Conor is fighting soon. And these are people that will never buy a pay-per-view, but they do know when Conor McGregor is fighting and they do know who he is. And they're going to buy that pay-per-view because 70 bucks. Brother, that's that's the effect that Conor has on people. They raised it. We 70 bucks for the pay-per-view. 70 bucks for the pay-per-view. They raised it up. Uh, Uncle Dan knows what he's doing, especially uh, with the UFC business. We have another great fight. We're going to talk about any number two coming right now. All right, inside inning number two, guys, and we have Holloway versus Kevin Cater. This is the first fight of 2021, and it will be nationally televised, I think, on ABC, and it will be the first time a UFC fight is nationally televised since 2018. So we're starting off the year with not only an amazing fight, but also uh, getting back um, you know, on, on cable television for people to see. I mean, brother, this fight is picture perfect right there. You got Max Holloway, the guy that, you know, nobody can finish. I mean, this guy is a guy that will go out there and go five hard rounds, no matter who the opponent is. He faced Dustin Poirier when he went up in weight, and he got hit with some big shots, and he never, he never crumbled. This is a guy that's going to stand there against Calvin Cater for 25 minutes, win or lose. And then you got, on the other hand, Calvin Cater, a powerhouse, a guy that can hit, that proved that can go also 25 minutes against Ige. This fight's going to go 25 minutes of straight-up war. And there's no doubt in my mind that's going to happen. And he's an early candidate for one of the fights of the year in 2021. And Absolutely. There's no idea, when you know who Max Holloway is and when you know who Calvin Kidder is and the way they've been fighting lately, it's going to be a banger. Yeah, this is Michael Carter-Williams' boy. Uh, everyone on the walkout knows that, that that's our guy. We got the chat going with him. Uh, uh, 10,000 text messages per day being exchanged in that chat. He is all in on Calvin Cater. I mean, I'm talking like this is his this is his favorite fight. This is his boy other than Connor. Um, he is super, super excited. And I, I agree, man. This, this fight has fight of the year written all over. You're talking about a, a, a main event, a five-round fight, two dudes that just have no stop in them and have extremely well-rounded games. And I think that, you know, I think that as the fight goes, I think maybe early on, I think Max may may have the advantage. I think that he's going to, you know, be definitely more comfortable and he's going to be looking to prove a point coming off of those two losses uh, to Volkswagen. Um, but I think as the fight goes and, and as, as, as Calvin kind of settles in, he's known to be a, a slow starter anyway. You're going to see, the, you know, really good Calvin Cater toward the end of the second into the third, fourth round. You're going to see um, that fight of the year type, uh, type matchup that we're expecting. Absolutely. This is great matchmaking by the UFC, bro. The 145 division is stacked, and this is the perfect matchup to start the year. Yeah, it'll be on ESPN and ABC. And uh, A number three coming at you right now. And unfortunately, a little bit of bad news uh, for the UFC coming up. All right, guys, welcome into A number three. Unfortunately, it is bad news for the UFC. You have the Wolf versus Leon Edwards off again. Unfortunately, um, COVID issues um, is going to suspend this suspend this fight once more. Yeah, Hamzad is having uh, COVID complications right now. Even though we saw him with the Prime Minister over there in uh, in whatever he 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 lives. Um, but man, I, I hate to see this because I was so excited for this fight. 
Um, Hamzat had got the chance to fight number three, Leon Edwards. For me, this is kind of looking like Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov, that you're booking this fight and it's not meant to happen. I mean, they booked it for December 19th. Leon Edwards test positive for COVID. They booked it now for January 20th. Hamzat still having COVID complications. I mean, I hope this fight happens at some point because it's a big step up for Hamzat. And this can put him right at the title contention with a win over Leon Edwards. Absolutely, man. I, I feel like this kind of does have that feel to where things just aren't going right, but the UFC is going to make this fight happen. The UFC obviously wants Leon Edwards to have to fight Hamzat. Um, they, you know, they, he has been a little bit inactive and he's been holding one of those top rankings in that, you know, that 170 division for a long time. And he's been saying, you know, he's, he's due for the title shot. You have a lot of, um, you know, personalities inside the UFC that cover the UFC, um, you know, really kind of, uh, going to bat for him and saying, Hey, this guy deserves a shot. This guy deserves a shot. But unfortunately he just hasn't been active enough. And the UFC wants to make this happen because it's great for the UFC. One, you get the wolf and boom, he is immediate title contention or Leon Edwards finally really proves himself and he gets going. Yeah. The wolf is already a star. I mean, this, he's a star in the welterweight and middleweight division. But a win over Hamzat can turn him into a global superstar. This is the guy that we talked about. Nobody knew who he was, Fight Island, maybe 10,000 followers. And all of a sudden, he's got over a million followers. I mean, this guy is a breakout fight of the year 2020. The future is bright for this guy. And if he loses to Hamzat, the future is still bright. He's still got options. He was not ready. That's it. But if he shows that he's ready, brother, the middleweight division and the welterweight division are on are, are notice. Yeah, and you you said it. Uh, you know, Hamzad has an extremely well-rounded game, and I know everyone likes to point to his competition, but he's doing what he's supposed to do with these guys. He is finishing them. He is finishing them in crazy, spectacular fashion, and it is happening quick. I mean, everyone on their UFC, um, you know, ascend faces guys who maybe aren't the you know cream of the crop or 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 the best guys out there, but they're still on that UFC roster, and no one has gone through guys like the Wolf has been going through these guys. And Leon Edwards has an issue with being taken down. He's been taken down a lot in his last couple of fights, and we know he can stand and trade. So this is looking like a, a UFC golden ticket, and um, the UFC really, really wants this to happen because this gets out everything out of the way. Hamza fights a guy who's in the who's you know, one of the best guys around, it's going to be on a global stage. Everyone's going to be paying attention and it puts him right into, you know, into that superstardom, into that title shot. And that division may start rivaling that 155 as the best division in the UFC. Well, if you were going to ask me if I wish three qualities, offensive qualities in MMA, I would like to have, I would say nasty grappling, one punch power and cardio for days. And Hamzat has all three for days. This guy showed that he can just KO somebody with just one punch. His grappling is elite. And his cardio, he showed he can go for days. He showed he can just go and grapple and throw 100 punches per round. He's not even breathing heavy in the corner. This guy's the real deal, and we're about to find out against Leon Edwards. Absolutely, man. So when do you think that this, that this fight could take place? When do you think that we could see this? I think it's going to be on the Amanda Nunez card in March. Ooh. I think I'm going to rebook it for that card. Because, you know, Amanda is the greatest female fighter of all times, but she doesn't have the opponent that can make her sell a lot of pay-per-view. So you put you slide Hamzat and Leon in there, and then you get some extra pay-per-view buys. Amanda is the greatest, but you need a great dance partner to sell a lot of pay-per-views also. So Absolutely. You know, we'll 
Yeah, Amanda's on a level of her own, and this would be great, man. Having a pay-per-view, you know, with him on it, being one of the big names, and with Leon, man, because the UFC wants stars. They want people that people gravitate towards, and they recognize, and they want to watch fights. So what a better way to put Leon, you know, on a on a pay-per-view card with Amanda, hype that card up. Everyone's going to tune in to see, you know, probably Amanda and uh, The Wolf. I think they're talking about Izzy and John on that card as well, Jan Blockowitz. So that Ooh. card that card could be the card of the year and everything kind of everything kind of shapes up i love it brother what a card all right guys coming in number four we're going to talk about another card coming up here soon it's ufc pay-per-view 257 Welcome in any number four. And as I mentioned, it is UFC 257. That is our first pay-per-view card of the year. And as you guys know, it is the Conor McGregor show versus Dustin Diamond Poirier. But we have another amazing, amazing fight that has serious title dreams written all over it. And that has been announced. It is Dan Hooker versus the newcomer from Bellator, Michael Chandler. They've been added as the co-main event here. Brother, this is this is the perfect co-main event for this fight why you get two of the elite guys in the lightweight division conor mcgregor and you um leading that card and then in the co-main you got number five i think hooker yes. right now and then you got michael chandler who they're hyping to be this monster this guy that's gonna be a beast in the ufc and they're putting him right against that guy. I mean, this is perfect. This is going to shape up the lightweight division. who is stacked right now. We don't know what's going to happen with the meeting that Habib and Dana are going to have um, this month now when they go to Abu Dhabi. I mean, a win right there for Chandler. I mean, you're talking about he's close to a title shot. Even though it's his first fight in the UFC, if you can go through that and Hooker in a spectacular fashion, you're talking about money fights from now on. I mean, this is a great opportunity for Chandler. And like he said, I agree with him. This is the toughest fight for him to start. I mean, you're Absolutely. so much taller than him. A guy that comes from city striking in, in, in over there with Easy and, and, and Volkanovski and Eugene, who's one of the best trainers in the world. I mean, this guy is a complete package in Dan Hooker. It's no easy fight. It's no easy fight for, for Chandler. I mean, this is a tough fight for him. And, you know, Hooker is coming off of a loss against Dustin Poirier, but there are losses you take along your career that make you a better fighter. And that fight against Dustin Poirier is going to make Dan Hooker a better fighter. He's going to be able to clean up some adjustments. He had to grapple um, during during that fight. And, you know, he did look great. So I'm sure he's been working on it. Dustin Hooker would not be taking this would not be taking this fight. Um, you know, sitting where he is in the rankings coming off a loss. If he didn't think you know, he could make a statement, he even said, you know, he understands that, you know, they want this guy in the title shot. They want to be able to market this guy. They want to sell this guy. He knows he's a new toy and he wants to break this new toy. So I'm very excited to see this man. Hooker went to war last year against Paul Felder, won a, won a razor close decision. He fought against uh, Poirier, looked amazing early on. Poirier's ability to adjust and, you know, just outlast him really showed um, his veteran ability. But Dan Hooker is the real deal, man. I'm, we've been super impressed with him and uh, no better way to show it uh, versus Chandler. Either of these guys win. Either of these guys win in spectacular fashion or not. They're going to be up to face the loser of um, Poirier, McGregor, um, uh, Poirier McGregor or possibly um, Gaethje or Oliveira loser. And then that guy or the winner that doesn't get the title shot could fight them for the number one contender. So this is a huge fight um, in these guys' career. No, the, the lightweight division is shaping up 
to have a great 2021. I mean, these guys are going to be active. They need to be active. They, they know there's a chance division. now to win the title. Yeah, there is a chance now to win the title for anybody. I mean, I get it. Conor McGregor is one of the best strikers we've seen. Maybe the second best after EC right now. And I agree. Even him, even him can lose to one of these guys. Anybody in the top five can lose to any of those guys. I mean, it's the UFC, it's the MMA. I mean, one punch can change your whole fight. So, I mean, I'm excited for this year. The lightweight division's got to be active. You got Charles Oliveira in there. Sadly, the boogeyman's not in there anymore, but you got Chandler, Hooker, Poirier, Connor, Gaethje. I mean, wow. Yeah. What a year's going to be. The, the boogeyman carried that division for a long time. You know, it, it's he's, he's leaving it, so to speak. He's still around, but he won't be in that top five, you know, fighting for the title. He's leaving it with guys who are going to who are gonna carry the torch well. You got Amanda Rivas also on that card. You know, this card and UFC 259, Ooh. UFC 259 that we touched on with Amanda, possibly the Wolf versus Leon, possibly Izzy and Jan, lining up to be a hell of a first quarter, man. So that is our little preview of the UFC 257. We'll have a, a widespread, you know, deep look in a lot of the fights when it's closer, but we had to talk about that hooker and Chandler uh, car before we go anymore. And we will go to any number five and talk about the other big announcements that the UFC is, has been, you know, sprinkling out there for all the, for all the fight fans coming up. It's inning number five, and we're talking announcements. And I've been saving this one because we talked a little bit about how Amanda's going to fight at UFC 259. That's going to be on March 3rd. Um, and Izzy versus Jan is supposed to be on that card. Dana White says, and you host on that card, Tiago versus Rochick. Oh. Yeah, so I wanted to save that for you because I wanted to see your reaction. That card uh, is lining up to be unreal. And don't forget, Dana also says that they're eyeing Stipe versus Francis Ngannou for March. I don't know how you put all those all those fights on one card, but um, January and March in the UFC are going to be absolutely popping. Well, they're going to be fired, bro. I mean, you're talking about Usman versus Burns. I mean, this fight... <laughs> It's up for grabs. February 13th. Yeah. These guys are elite. They're as elite as it gets. They're the best guys in the welterweight division with Kobe Covington in there also. He's a, he's a great um, mixed martial artist. But Burns, man, and Usman. I mean, I don't know who's going to win this fight. I love Usman with all my heart, and I think that he can, you know, go out there and dominate. But at the same time, man, Gilbert, his striking is crisp. He... Has great timing. He's got one-punch knockout power. We saw it against Maya. And then he's a BJJ black belt that has actually won championships. I mean, this guy is as good as it gets. And it's going to be, with no disrespect to Kobe, it's going to be Usman's toughest test to date. Yeah, you talked about how you would build the fighter a couple of segments ago. And you you mentioned some of the attributes you would want. And, and, and that screams... Gilbert Burns. I mean, this guy has yeah. knockout power. This guy is an amazing grappler. As you mentioned, he's a, he's a jiu-jitsu specialist. He's won world titles. And, you know, he does have cardio for days. These jiu-jitsu guys, these wrestlers with, with this background, they've been doing this all their life. You can't, you can't, you can't train for it. You can't, there's nothing you can do in a eight, 12 week fight camp to, to match these guys' cardio in, in the, in the volume that they give you. So as you mentioned, Usman had his toughest test of his career versus, um, Colby versus Colby Covington. But with all due respect to Colby, he's an amazing mixed martial artist. And I think that he does have a shot if they have a rematch Gilbert Burns to me, just as good on the ground. 
bigger and stronger, better power. I don't know if he has the exact same cardio as Colby has, but it's close. So Usman's going to have his hands full, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a stand up early. And I think whoever can get the better of the stand up um, is going to have the advantage whenever uh, that ground game gets pushed. So, um, you know, Usman did, did impress me a little bit. in, in that Colby fight, I thought that Colby was going to be able to have the, the, the pretty clear upper hand with the striking and Usman hung, hung in there, man. And, you know, obviously has power of his own. He, you know, he broke, he broke Colby, Colby's jaw there in the second or third round. So, uh, this is going to be an amazing, amazing fight. And if Usman wins this fight, man, there's nothing you could say about this guy. I think if, if, if the wolf beats Leon, that'll be his next, that'll be his next best test. Yeah. I mean, if, if Usman can just, can just go out there and dominate Gilbert Burns, I don't see who in that division can be that guy. I mean, you're talking about this guy that's elite. He's got cardio grappling, but he weighs 200 pounds on fight night. I mean, this guy cuts Easy. so much weight. Cuts so much weight, and then he gets so, so huge. This guy can easily be a, a middleweight. Easily yeah, be a middleweight. He could be. Maybe even fight. We've talked about it. We've talked five. about it. Yeah. He's got the genetics. He can just gain all that muscle and go out there and compete with the big boys. I mean, this guy is a monster when he gets uh, on fight night in the octagon. This guy's 200 pounds easily. And it's going to be a tough test for anybody that wants to take that title from him. So Gilbert Burns better be ready. Better bring a great game plan because Sussman is not easy work, brother. No, he is a Nigerian nightmare, and 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 he's tough in there, man. But I don't think it's going to be a dominant performance on either side. I see this is going to be um, Usman's got a chin, man. Usman's got a chin. He he he's a veteran of this game. If he starts getting clips, you know, if he starts getting wobbly, uh, if he feels like he's in trouble, he's going to go to the ground. And I think he is. You know, he's not as well versed in jiu-jitsu, of course, but, you know, we've talked to, you know, you know guys who grapple and guys who do jiu-jitsu and, and the MMA world, people do tend to say, if you are a nasty wrestler, wrestling over jiu-jitsu on the ground, the, the way that they're able to con- control you and, and kind of ride you and grind you out and, and, and help you gas. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be an amazing, amazing fight, but this is definitely going to be Usman's, um, Usman's toughest, toughest opponent um, to date, in my opinion. And to add to your point, in jiu-jitsu, you don't throw punches. So once you take somebody down in MMA, you're throwing elbows. You're As you punches. saw, Jacare forgot. <laughs> Jacare <laughs> forgot Kevin Holland can hit you from the butt. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. As you, as we've mentioned, you got Izzy versus Jan. Um, that is going to be also targeted for two, UFC 259. We have Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis being rebooked. Curtis Blades, of course, had uh, COVID as well in December. UFC got hit pretty hard there those last couple of months with, with some COVID um, issues, but they are rebooked as well for February 20th, and that is going to be a huge fight. Everyone talks about Stipe and, and Ganu and John Jones, and rightfully so, because those are the dudes fighting for the title, and John Jones is one of the GOATs. Do not forget about Curtis Blades or Derek Lewis. They can have huge impacts in the UFC heavyweight division in 2021. Yeah, and they got big, big win streaks right now. I mean, Derek Lewis has been on a tear. Uh, Curtis Blades has been taking everybody down. I mean, these guys are for real. The only thing is, you know, Blades has been knocked out by Francis twice, so he can't jump Francis right now. Uh, Lewis, you know, he he needs this win, in my opinion. He beat um, Olenek his last fight. You know, he's not a top five, top ten guy. Um, you know, game opponent, but not a top 10 guy. So if he can beat Curtis Blades, he's the next after Francis. So, oh, you got John Jones coming also. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that picture is kind of blurry right now. But the heavyweights, man, they're, they're making some noise. 
Yeah, they are. They are. And as I mentioned, Tiago versus Rachik, uh, Rachik, um, excuse me, at 259, um, also on March 6th. And uh, Rachik says that if he wins this fight, he wants to have a title shot uh, lined up um, a- after he beats Tiago. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Tiago is coming off a tough loss against Glover. But I think he's facing an even better opponent in Rakic. Rakic is a monster. This guy destroys your legs in a matter of two minutes. Your legs are gone. I mean, these are vicious leg kicks. This guy is a monster. He can sleep you. He's got cardio for days. He can take a punch. I mean, this guy is for real. And I think he's going to be a huge threat in that in that 205 division. Thiago has his hands full. I wish he would have taken a little more time after that beatdown by Glover. He didn't. I hope he made the adjustments in that short amount of time. And I hope we can see a great performance. Because right now, Thiago, his window is closing. Rakic yeah. is still young. So if they are going to win this fight, he can get back on that title picture. And, and Rakic can, you know, just go back and to the drawing board and get some wins again. And, and you know, in the future, because he's young, in the future, can be back in there. But we really need Thiago to step it up and get a huge win here. Tiago's going to win this fight. Tiago's going to win this fight uh, via TKO. It is going to be not easy. Those leg kicks are going to be tough, especially you know, with, with his double knee surgery. What happened in the last fight is he was a little bit rusty on the ground. He wasn't able to train as well um, you know, after those surgeries. And he was dealing with the guy in Dos Santos who has has freaking Glover. Glover, I'm sorry. Has uh, he was dealing with the guy in Glover Teixeira who has literally been touched by Zeus. I, I don't understand <laughs> what's going on with, with Glover Teixeira. Uh he's a legend in this game. He the chin on this dude, his ability to withstand the power of uh Anthony Smith in that first round, his ability to um withstand some of the shots that Tiago was landing on him. And then when he's down and out and that Tiago, that third round, Tiago stuck him, was on top controlling, and he still was able to have his whereabouts with him enough to, to, to reverse him and eventually finish Tiago. So Tiago got caught up um, fighting a guy who is just, his name's in the stars right now, but I think that he is still one, if not um, one of the best pure 205 strikers on the planet, and I, I think it'll show in, in this fight. No, I've said it before. I think Thiago is, is he's elite. And you know, I don't say it to many people. And I think he's elite and he's going to be back. So hopefully he can get that big win, man. But the fight that makes me, you know, the, the fight that tickles my pickle is AC versus Jam, brother. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this fight, brother, it's, you know, you're a big fan of, of Jam Blackwood since day one. And, you know, the polished power and all that. And we saw it in the fight against Ray. Um, but man, this this is a different animal he's facing this time. Easy is the best striker right now in modern day MMA. Nobody can strike better than Easy. Hundred percent fact. And John Blackwich can sleep you with one punch. We saw that against Donnie Reyes. I mean, this fight is intriguing to me because Easy's going up. One shot can finish his night. We've seen Easy knocked out before in kickboxing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so hard to catch him. So hard to it's catch. Him. Super hard to catch him, and he is—he's evolved. I mean, he has evolved as a fighter. You go back and watch his early, um, you know, against Vittori and these other guys' his early UFC career, even against um, even against Whitaker for the first time, or even uh, against these other guys. I mean, he just he, there's a different kind of aura about his striking game and the way he's able to move around that UFC octagon. But but Jan—he's he's game, bro. Jan is game, and, and and that's what I've been wanting to see. You know, we saw Paulo Acosta show up, and he just wasn't there. It, it reminded me almost of like Cerrone 
Tommy versus Connor. He just wasn't there. The, the, the moment got to him, the hype of the fight got to him, the trash talk, whatever it was, he had been built. He had had this fight built up in his head for so long at all these events, talking all this smack. I just think that he kind of froze up in the moment, but, but Jan is game. He he's run through the killers of this division. Um, he's been sleeping everybody. And so for me, I just want to see someone who's not afraid to go in there and, and mix it up with Izzy. And I think Jan's that guy. He's got great chin. Uh, he has striking ability. He, he really showed his striking ability against Dominic Reyes with the kicks and, and, and mixing up the punches. He's obviously, he's an amazing uh, jiu-jitsu practicer on the ground. So it, it could it could be tough for Izzy. Am I going to say this is Izzy's toughest test he's ever faced or ever going to face? Maybe not. But but Jan Blockwich, one of those dudes who shows up and, and, and he's ready to scrap. And, you know, you can never take something away from a guy who, who shows up ready ready to go to war. Yeah, talking about Easy and evolving. Um, I was reading about Easy's coach Eugene, and you know they're talking about how he's reinventing the game with these fighters that he got. He got you know Kyler France. He's got Easy. He's got Hooker. He's got Volkanovski. And one thing that he wants to bring into the game is the feints. He says that a guy that feints the right way is gonna be able to land clean shots. And he said that he has his guys faint for hours. Like literally, you show up to a gym and you're feigning for 90 minutes. Like that's that sounds boring, but when you see these guys fight and the way they you you understand faint you understand he faints with that leg kick. I I think he's throwing it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, blah leg kick. You don't see it coming. You cannot check his leg kick. Same with Hooker with Poirier. The first two rounds, he was fainting a lot and he was yep. landing. Volkanovski against Holloway, the first fight, he was fainting so much Holloway couldn't check the leg kicks. And I mean that's huge for that team what they're doing and how the fighters are evolving. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a fight. And when, when do you think we're going to get Oliveira versus Gaethje? Because Dana White said, if all goes well or all goes right, we will see Oliveira versus Gaethje. I would assume if by the McGregor-Poirier fight, they're not fighting for a interim belt, that fight could be for the interim belt or maybe just the just the unanimous um, you know, undisputed belt if he meets with Habib. And Habib is definitely done for now. Oh, let's do, let's do that match real quick. Um, Gaethje fought in October. He got slapped by a submission, but he took no damage. I mean, he didn't take any big well, punches or anything like that. That's no damage is debatable. I mean, when you go out like yeah. a, when you go out like a fish out of water, you took damage. I mean, you you, you passed <laughs> your brain. Down. Your brain has. You look fine to me. You look fine to me. <laughs> he was lifting too much weight, shouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> My man was lifting six hundred pounds for deadlifts, and he passed out. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna be it for your number five. Long story short. It's a laundry list of amazing fights that we're going to start this year off with, and we cannot wait to cover them. So any number six, we're going to flip the switch a little bit. We're going to talk Ryan Garcia unboxing coming up. All right, it's inning number six, and we're talking Ryan Garcia, the self-proclaimed king of the ring. So I'll kick it off to our boxing expert here on the Walkout Podcast, Mr. Carlos Correa. Is Ryan Garcia the king in boxing at the current moment? Uh, King Rai, as he likes to call himself, brother, I think he might be at some point. He's not quite there yet. Um, Ryan Garcia is a guy that, in my opinion, he's really smart. Why? He started his career. You know, he was a good boxer. He was not great. He was a good boxer. And he was on Instagram a lot. You know, the body shot challenge and all that. All of a sudden, he took it more serious. And he asked Team Canelo and Eddie Reynoso, hey, can I join you, join you guys um, so I can get better? I want to be a world champion. Reno said, yeah, come in, come in, we'll, we'll teach you. And, bro, since they've been working with him, he's 5-0 with five knockouts. He's more composed. 
But with that being said, against Luke Campbell, who's an Olympic gold medalist, he showed that he has a lot of weaknesses. And he needs to improve those weaknesses if he wants to be Tank Davis, if he wants to be Teofimo Lopez, if he wants to be Lomachenko, if he wants to be David Haney. He needs to fix all that. He lowers his hands when he's on, on, on defense. He doesn't pop his jab. With the hand speed that he has, he should be popping the jab, you know, 80% of, of his punches. And, you know, he does have power and speed. You cannot teach that. So this guy's future is very bright. I think he needs, you know, a couple more fights before facing the big dogs. But the future is bright for this kid, and I love what I saw. You know, getting knocked down in the second round, brother, and be able to go and bounce back, shake it off, forget about it, and then come with the big knockout in the seventh. He showed me he's got some cojones. I mean, he showed heart, no doubt. I mean, anytime that you, you know, you get hit like that, you get you get knocked down, you get up, and you win that fight, especially in the fashion he did, um, it, it shows me something. So this kid's got a heart. He's got a chin. Uh, it was a pretty good shot. Tefimo Lopez Sr., uh, Tefimo Lopez's dad was not impressed by this win. He said, although, you know, uh, Luke uh, is an Olympic gold medalist winner, that was from 2012, and, and he's washed up, basically, is what he said. So, you know, Ryan Garcia, you don't – I don't – usually agree with a lot of what boxing does and a lot of times what they do is they'll just hold guys back purposely they don't want to have them fight the best of the best you know they don't want the these big time matchups to happen too early in their careers yada 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 but in this case you know i can understand you know where it's coming from he's not ready for a javante davis he's not ready for a tefima lopez right now a limonchenko none of these guys so I don't really know what his next move is. You know, he's telling TalkSports.com he wants to shock the world and knock Tank Davis out in two rounds. I think that's a big mistake. Yeah, it's, it's too early for him to say that. But with that being said, you know, adding to your point, we've been spoiled with the UFC. I mean, these guys in the UFC, once you sign with the UFC, you're facing straight-up killers. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just a few scrubs in the UFC that you can handpick out there. But no more. The UFC is cutting people because they just want straight up ninjas in the 125 and the and, and the 135. They want ninjas in there, and then they got they want power punchers for 145 all the way to 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 the heavyweights. In boxing, you know they take more time. It's only punches, so it's you you know you gotta clean up so much stuff. It's more technical. In the UFC, you can get away with so much stuff, especially if you're a great grappler. So, you know, it's it's a little different, but I get what you mean. I mean, I give him two, three more fights, you know, Jorge Linares and all these guys are in the top 10. But to face Tank Davis, he needs to clean a lot of stuff up. If yeah, you get you, you, you get hit with a clean Tank Davis left, you're not getting back up. Night-night, You're not getting back up. Nine, so nine. Uh, King Ryan, as he calls himself, he definitely has Instagram locked down. Uh, he's got the body shot challenge. He he has all the flashy stuff uh, going for him right now. I think he's I think he is the heck of a boxer. I think he's got heart. He's got speed. He's got power, like you mentioned. But um, I don't want to see this guy rushed. I'm usually not a fan of that. I usually say that's why you know boxing is kind of a dying sport. People don't want to deal with that. You know the UFC. You have you know Cody Garbrandt, 24 year old world champion, fighting the best of the best. You have all these guys in there. Um, you know earning their way, but. In this situation, you know, boxing is starting to come back up, man. Boxing is starting to have a little bit of a rise again. And you don't yeah, you don't, you. You don't want to mess it up. Don't mess it up. No, no. I got to tell you, bro, I haven't been this excited about boxing in, I'll say, more than, you know, four, five, six years at least. Yeah. Maybe more. I mean, boxing is coming back. You got the heavyweights. You got Fury, Joshua Wilder. 
um, all these guys up there. And you got Canelo and you got Caleb Plant and you got Bertabiev at 175. All those guys can fight at some point. Then you got Crawford, you got Spence. You got all these guys that we just mentioned at 135. You got Shakur Stevenson coming up. I mean, you got superstars coming all the way up. Boxing is coming back slowly but surely, and I'm very excited about that. I know boxing is coming back because I'm a boxing casual. And when you mention all those names, I know exactly who you're talking about. I know every single guy who they just fought and, and, and their possible fights coming up. That's when you know boxing's back. Because if the casual like me knows all those names right now, we back. Yeah, and if boxing is back, We'll include it a little more in the walkout. Yeah, you know, we've been throwing it, we've been throwing it some innings here and there here on the walkout. So, you know, if, if it keeps training this direction, you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll we'll give them two innings every now and then. But inning number seven, it is back to the UFC. Dana White is pissed. We'll tell you about it right now. All right, it is inning number seven, and as I mentioned, Dana White is pissed off. There was someone uh, on Instagram that said he cannot wait to basically illegally stream or, you know, legally pirate uh, this UFC 257 coming up, the Conor McGregor card. And Dana White responded, yeah, I got something for your ass uh, this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what we got, um, you know, regarding that. I am proud to say I have never pirated a UFC fight <laughs> main card Me neither. possibly Me neither. because daddy Correa always buys them and I always go over to his house, but that's neither <laughs> here or there. What do you think Dana White's uh, talking about? Someone said there's going to be a, a fake stream where it's only Jessica. I fights. Oh my God. Bro. When I saw that, I was, I was literally crying. My wife is asking me, why am I crying? And I show her the, 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 the tweet and she was like, What's so funny? What? It's not that funny. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't get it. You don't know who Jesse Guy is. You don't know what they're referring to. But for me, it was the funniest thing I saw that day. Um, but yeah, bro, I don't know what Dana White is planning, but I mean, Dana White doesn't mess around. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't joke around too much. If he's talking about it, he took the time. He had time that day. If he took the time to reply to this uh, fan, I mean, they must be onto something. And, you know, that would be great because you want to see all these fighters getting paid, bro. They gave us so much entertainment. You're talking about champions that, you know, came out of nothing to get to the top of the UFC, win the title, and get some pay-per-view money. So we want to see, you know, our money that we invest in this fight going to some some of it going to these fighters. Most of it going to the UFC, but some of it going to these fighters. For sure, for sure. And, you know, although uh, this may not fit directly in this topic, uh, Dana did say, since we're talking about Dana, that uh, the Reaper, Robbie Whitaker, will not be getting a title shot at 185 next because he needs to fight somebody else. At this point, I'm not really sure what Robbie Whitaker did, what went wrong, but my guy was the UFC champ in 185 for quite some time. He's regarded as one of the best champs in that division ever. He loses to Israel Adesanya, who now we know could possibly go down as the GOAT or one of the GOATs in this game. He goes through Darren Till, who Israel Adesanya mentioned has one of the most pure stand-ups and best strikings in the division. Then he fights Jared Cannonier, who was basically promised to be a DM from Izzy for a title shot if he beat Robbie Whitaker, and he ran through him. And now he's sitting here and Dana White saying, you don't get the title shot, bro. I mean, what a man's got to do, brother. What a man's got to do to get a title shot again. You're talking about a guy that defended his title against guys like Joel Romero. I mean, this guy is a monster. He has some injuries. 
He came back against EC. He lost the title against EC, but he took that fight. And he his last fight was like 16 months before he took that fight with EC. This guy had no warm-up fight. He went out there. In my opinion, he was winning the first round all the way until that knockdown with five seconds left against EC. And he was gained the whole time. After that knockdown, the fight completely changed. I mean, he never recovered. But this is a guy that can actually compete against EC. And the fact that he's not getting a rematch, you know, it's I hate to see it because he had to be Darren Till, who's a who's a beast. He had to be Jared Cannonier, who's another beast. I mean, and now he's gonna be Costa. Like, like what? So that's who you like, think you that's who you think his fight will be? Will be Costa. I think he's gonna fight Costa. What number one Costa contender? And him. Yeah, Costa has been, you know, mentioning him a lot. Um, and you know, Robbie. I mean, Bobby Knuckles don't care. He won't back no, down. He don't give a fight. Shit. He will fight anyone. If he's in a bar, he will go and fight you in a bar. I mean, he don't care. And uh, so he'll probably fight Costa. And if he beats Costa, I mean, I think that fight should be for the interim, not because Costa deserves it, but because Bobby Knuckles deserves to fight for the interim title. I mean, this guy beat two of the toughest guys out there in the division. There's nothing else for him but the title. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. If if if, if Izzy versus Jan is going to happen in March, early March, the sixth, you know, Izzy could come back and defend that belt in the summer, and it wouldn't be too long off, you know, for uh, for someone to, you know, kind of be floating around like that um, in, in the double champ status. So it's going to depend on what Izzy wants to do. Does he want to stay at 205? Does he want to come back down at 185? You know, who knows? But all I know is that my man Robbie Whitaker, the Reaper, he deserved he deserved a title shot. So I kind of feel bad for him. You know, you know how now that we're talking about EC again, you know how we talk about you know how being going through through Connor to Poirier to uh, Gaethje in a spectacular fashion and beating them, you know, submitting them, all three of them who are elite guys at the top fifteen of the pound for pound rankings. Where does EC rank in your all-time grades? If he goes out there, he makes easy work of Jan Blackwish. I mean, you're talking about Robert Whitaker, you're talking about Kevin Gaston, you're talking about Joel Romero, you're talking about Paula Costa, and you're talking about Jan Blackwish. I mean, double wow. champ, fighting wow. the best of the best, making it look easy. You know, anything can happen. You know, he could go up to 205, win that belt, and people are going to say, man, he's in my top five. And you would have a hard argument to keep him out. But things change. You know, people, you know, he, he could not defend one and he could, you know, go for the 205 or go back down to 185 and he could lose. Um, so, you know, things could change. But in the in the immediate moment, he goes up and, and he puts a stamp on Jan Blokowicz after he ran to Dominic Reyes, a man who arguably defeats John Jones. Um, you know, bro, you're talking... You're talking, he, he's, he's got to be in, in, in most people's top five. I don't know if they, people will be like, I don't think people give him the respect right away because he's so young and, and he's just, he's kind of spoiling us in a way. He's fighting so often, he's putting on these performances. So I think maybe people, kind of like me a little earlier on, maybe not uh, appreciate him, him as much as we should because he's not going to like these wars. He's just making easy work of these dudes. Mm-hmm. But these are, these are held fighters. So if it's me, I'm, I'm gonna have to move somebody out of my top five and, and probably stick him in there. Right, you're talking about 20 and 0 right now with 15 knockouts, and that win against Marvin Vittori early in his career looks so like, good right now. Being a great win looks Marvin so good right now. Dog right now. I yeah. mean, you're talking, you put Anderson Silva in there. I know he was not in his prime, but the name has a lot of weight. Derek Bronson, Marvin Vittori, Brad. I mean. <laughs> They're top, it's top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. That's top five. Wow. 
Wow, I mean, this fight, I'm excited for this fight, brother. I know you love yeah. your Polish power. The chat, the, 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 the. Don't the give up. Easy. Don't give up on the Polish power. Brother, bro, I, I told the chat, the, the walk-up podcast already. I said, I'm never betting against easy, against a striker ever again. Yeah, it'll be tough to bet against him, but, you know, my brain can tell me one thing and my heart can tell me something else. So that's <laughs> it for you, number seven. We're going to go in number eight right now, take a little bit of look at the social Social media scene, a social dive, little John Jones coming your way, coming right now. Welcome in to A number eight is the social dive. Look, it's been a minute since you did a little social dive here in the Walkout Podcast. And there's no better way to start off this segment with Johnny Bone Jones versus DC, the, the few that I don't think will ever die. He tweeted out um, a couple days ago, he said on this day in history, I created a hater forever. Of course he was talking about, uh, his win over Daniel Cormier. Um, Daniel Cormier has legitimate reasons to be possibly a little upset with, uh, John Jones, but it's, it's always fun when these two go at it. Absolutely, man. This is one of the greatest rivalries in, you know, in the UFC history from the weigh-ins to the fights, to the post fight interviews to, you know, just when John Jones was outside the, the UFC uh, rankings because of his antics on off the uh, outside the octagon, and you know you're talking about DC, one of the greatest. You're talking about John Jones, top one, top two, um, greatest of all times. Uh, depends on who you ask. And every time they go out, it's fun, man. It's just you know, DC can say much, brother. I mean, if DC is gonna attack him, it's gonna be on the outside the octagon stuff because John Jones just beat him twice and beat him badly. And it looks like DC will never be able to beat, um, you know, one of the goats in, in the sport. So, you know, it's, it's always fun to see. It gives us something to talk about in the chat with Michael Carter Williams. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love to see it, but this this going to die soon. DC is not a reporter. He's not taking chance yeah. to anybody. So, we'll see. Well, I, I, this is – that is one of the fights that – I will always remember as a fight that I wish I could have seen was John Jones versus DC at heavyweight. Um, John Jones definitely got the best of him at light heavyweight. I know he had the, the PD thing one time and the other time was, uh, you know, all the off, off the, you know, outside the octagon stuff was going on, but the fight at heavyweight, I just really, really would have loved to see because that late in DC's career, I feel like that cut, that cut was hurting him. It was hurting him, and I don't think he's as talented as John, obviously. But I still would have loved to see that fight at heavyweight, man. That that those are the fights you make trilogy fights. The 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 the, the bad blood feuds. Those are the ones I wish to see, but obviously, um, we'll never see it. Maybe one day we'll get them fighting in like Bellator, like um, like Chael Sonnen. <laughs> well, I'll probably run up on the street and start fighting. Yeah, probably. We'll get in the street somewhere. So another pretty cool thing that I saw on uh, social media is ESPN fight wish list. So ESPN, Brett Okamoto's ESPN, um, basically put out a 2021 fight wish list that he has. So I'm going to name off these fights. There's six of them. And I want you to pick the one that you want to see the most. All right, you ready? Ready. All right, number one, John Jones versus Israel Adesanya. Number two, Habib versus George St. Pierre. Number three, Francis versus John Number four, Colby versus Masvidal. Number five, Amanda Nunez versus Valentina Shevchenko, I guess for a third time. And number six, which I know you're not going to pick, but I'm still going to read it, Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. 
Yeah, I gotta go with Easy and John Jones. Yeah. I mean, that fight is a dream. I mean, nothing comes comes close to that fight. Maybe Connor against you know Habib too, but brother, Easy versus John Jones. You're talking about two of the best strikers to walk the earth, to walk the earth, not the octagon, to walk the earth. Facing each other, toe to toe in the same octagon, still both of them on their primes. I mean, that's that's a fight that I hope happens at two hundred five. I don't see John going back down, um, but if he happens, bro, whoa, yeah, that's a dream. John's not going to go back down at two hundred five. He's spending too long bulking up. He is legacy searching at this point. All he wants to do is capture that heavyweight title. In a big moment in heavyweight history with Stipe as considered the best heavyweight of all time and a lot of people's top five and my top five. And you got Francis considered the scare, one of the scariest heavyweights of all time. So he wants to capture that title in this era. That's what he's going for. So since you picked number one, Jones versus Adesanya, I'm going to pick a similar matchup in the sense of um, real feuds. I'm going to pick Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal because these oh, dudes – were BFS for life. They lived together. They trained with each other every single day. It's well-documented how close they were. Something went awry, and these dudes freaking cannot stand each other, and they are both extremely talented uh, mixed martial artists. And, you know, you, some, some of the best fighters on the planet, pound for pound, these dudes match up against, you know, pretty much, pretty much anybody. So this would be a fight – um, that I would, I would, I would fly to and, and go watch. I don't really care where it would, where it would, where it was. Hey, hey, if the UFC don't have Coach Masvidal and Coach um, Colin for to. the Ultimate Fighter, they didn't do it right. We, 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 we talked about the Ultimate Fighter. One. We talked about yeah. the Ultimate Fighter a couple episodes ago, and we were wondering about the coaches. This is this is made in heaven here. It's made in heaven. Yeah. So, hey, can, that, I, can I add one more fight, one more dream fight for me? Sure, you can get to. It's guy. your show. Hey, no, no, it's not on this list. I want to add one more to this list. My one of my wish list uh, fights of 2021 that's not in there. It's Davidson Figueiredo versus Triple C, the King of Cringe, Henry Cejudo. They've been going back and forth on Twitter. They've been going back and forth on social media, and he, and Figueiredo even mentioned him in an interview post fight. I think this fight is great for the sport. I think Triple C is one of the greatest combat sport athletes of all times. But Davidson Figueiredo is another animal. If they can make it happen, that fight, I think that's a dream fight for me also. I love that. You read my mind because that was on here as something to go over. Henry Cejudo said, yo, at Dana White, I'm really trying to enjoy my retirement, but your bum fighter of the year can't get my name out of his mouth. Even though he has that smelly belt, he knows who the best in the world is. This fight, bro, would would push Figueredo that's similar to the Moreno fight, but maybe, but maybe more. Um, this would be a spectacle. And I would also drop pretty much anything I was doing if I can make it to that fight. Um, they've been going back and forth. Triple C rejuvenated the love for you know for those, you know, that 125, that 135 division. Um, and it would be something that, 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 that would, I think this, that fight could be a UFC hall of fame type fight. Bro, you're talking about two ninjas, two ninjas going at it to see who's the best. I mean, Figueredo fast. He can just grapple. He can do everything. Say Cejudo can knock you out also. He he's Olympic gold medalist. I mean, bro, this is an unbelievable fight. And the 125 division, let me tell you, is very well alive. I said 
probably on the first couple episodes of the Walk Up Podcast, that division was dead. Let me tell you, I was wrong. Yeah. Big Maynard did it right. He signed a lot of ninjas, and this division is back on track. Yeah, that thing woke up like a zombie. It is an amazing division. Um, you know, some amazing dudes and amazing matchups we got. Because don't forget, Figueroa run it, runs it back with Moreno, and he's victorious. He has options. He can go up, and he can really, really cement his legacy as well. And the last one we got is John Jones speaking about heavyweight. Um, we I mentioned he he's he's legacy chasing right here. He says Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of all time. He has all the stats. He has all the records to prove that. And Francis is a freak when it comes to his knockout power, and he's always improving. Both fights are gigantic challenges for me, but that's what I'm here for on this stage of my career, to go big and see what I've got. So we are getting what we wished for. We talked about how John Jones' last few fights, he didn't look motivated. He's out partying on Super Bowl weekend. We're not getting the best version. I truly believe we're going to get the best version of John Jones, a motivated John Jones. We always talk about motivated Conor McGregor. We're going to, we're going to get the John Jones that we've been hoping to see in my opinion. I mean, this, this guy, it's, you know, on top, on top of the class when it comes to the goats. Um, and if he can get a win over Stipe and defend against Francis, just, I mean, just a win over Stipe, but I'm talking about his legacy, be Stipe, be Francis, Bounce, yeah, collect and bounce. Yeah, be the goat, the undisputed straight goat. to wrestling, the, the baddest dude to ever walk the earth, and just go out there, enjoy your life, do all the coke you want, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> it don't matter no more. You're the goat, your legacy set. Take care of your kids, take care of your dog. You know, it's 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 a beautiful career he's had. Uh, the UFC, uh, the, the walkout podcast does not endorse cocaine. Uh, do not do the cocaine, kids. Uh, all right, guys. That no, is. I, I, I meant Coke. I think I think Coca Cola. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but don't drink that either. Refined sugar is bad for you. All right, guys. That is it for a number eight. We have the closing coming up right now. All right, guys. It's already the closing. We had an amazing time today. We hope you enjoyed our first episode of 2021. If you guys have taken anything away from this episode, please know that the UFC is going to go off this year i actually just got a text from our boy tony kemp right now i just got it and he said yo watch the mcgregor documentary on netflix i have a new appreciation for him just so you guys know that Nef- that documentary has been out for like four years this is what carl's <laughs> is talking about that is there it is carl's got the text too when when mcgregor fights it's a different spectacle and the fights that are lining up behind him it could be some classics. So I'm telling you guys, stay tuned. And I had a lot of fun today. No, 2020, he said he was going to fight three times. Maybe 2021 is that year that he gets to fight three times. Once again, like he used to. Um, that's that's what put him in that status. Yep. Superstardom. It, 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 he became a superstar because he was fighting three, four times a year, knocking everybody out. If he can do that this year, brother, I mean, you're talking about legendary status like no other in MMA. Well, as always, guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our Instagram, The Walkout Podcast. You can catch us on the SiriusXM app or on Thursdays on SiriusXM Fight Nation. We hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll be talking to you soon. SiriusXM Podcasts.